Hey, I just wanted to give you all an introduction to Mixed Theory. And here we go. Mixed Theory was created out of a need to heal curiosity and the joy of delving deep into the psychology of myself and others. I enjoy conversations with substance. Small talk doesn't scratch the surface of who we are. I want to know what moves you. I want to know what makes you, you. I want to know your story and I'll tell you mine. Most importantly, though, I want to know that I'm not alone and I have a strong desire to let others know that they aren't either. Mixed Theory is here to help you define you. It isn't up to the world to decide who you are. They don't have that right. Only you can do that. No matter how you identify, make sure you do it proudly, fiercely, and compassionately. Despite the messages that society so clearly puts out, love is the most important emotion. It is vital for your soul, your health, and your relationships. Keep loving yourself and it will naturally extend to others. And that's what Mixed Theory is all about. Unraveling our truths in hopes to set ourselves and others free. Hey, hey, everyone, you are back for yet another episode of Mixed Theory. And today we have a wonderful guest here by the name of Megan Joy. She is an author, a mother, a wife, a homeschool teacher, uh, so many more, an influencer. She's got a great following on Instagram and other social places alike. So definitely give me help in welcoming <laughs> Miss <laughs> Megan Joy onto the platform. Megan, I hear you. You're here. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much. I'm really, really excited to be a part of this today and just to be able to chat with you and share. Yes, thank you. I was looking at your timeline and your feed and all of that great stuff not too long ago, and I'm just inspired. I love the colors. I love what you're doing. I love all the do-it-yourself stuff that you got going on and your face and all the things that you share with your followers. It's amazing. Thank you. I have certainly a lot of fun putting it all together. It's been a learning process, but I feel it's kind of a natural overflow because it's just the things I do in normal life and I get to take pictures of it and share it on social media. Well, you do a great job as someone who doesn't share as much of my personal life on my own feed. I just live vicariously through what you're doing. I'm like, okay, like <laughs> this, this looks good. I could see if I got into it, like the stylized photos and just how everything's in sync. It's really easy on the eyes. You share a lot of you and the things that you go through. So it's definitely personalized. It's great. So the learning uh, as you go has has worked wonders for you. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been really fun. And I mean, that really was it. I didn't even know I didn't know how to take pictures or edit pictures or anything when I started. I mean, 
I definitely have piles of things outside of the photo frame. So there's oh, like, yeah. scoot this mess to the side and here's where I'm going to take the picture. Oh my gosh, the life of being a domesticated woman. Oh, right. That part, yeah. I know it. I know I it. I totally get it. I, I do like to share, you know, the real... It's not all peaches and cream in in my captions. You know, I'll share the real stuff. Here's what's going on. And it just so happens to be accompanied by a really pretty photo. So Mm. (laughs) So it's like the cherry on top to sweeten the deal. Yeah. I always think it's it's, Instagram is somewhat of my own personal magazine. So Mm. the pages of and also I have everything in my Instagram connected to my chat books. So I get a, my own personal book printed out every month of what I put on Instagram. So it really does actually feel like my own life magazine. So I do, I do like it to look nice. That's wonderful. Honestly, I don't, what is this chat book thing that you think of? <laughs> it's amazing. You, you just connect your Instagram to it with an app on your phone and you get this cute little square book sent to you once a month of everything that you posted on Instagram. It's really Get out of town. See, now I'm taking notes here. Mm-hmm. Audience, I hope that you're doing the same. Is this called chat books? Chat books. Yep. Yes. Okay. Let me just, I'm going to go old school <laughs> here and literally got my pen out and I'm writing it down right now. Sometimes I post specifically for chat books. I mean, you can go into the app and you can add in anything you want if you just want to add in photos from your camera roll. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I'll just be like, oh, I'm going to pop this up on my Instagram because I want this in my chat books. So, you know, and then like you said, you get like a monthly spread where it's all you. Yeah. It's the time of Megan, Joy and family. Yeah. So I get to okay. see what we did in December of 2019 because it's all in. Oh, it. yeah. Because we're, we're busy. We're not putting together photo books, you know, we, we don't have time to sit down and do that anymore. <laughs> The days of scrapbooking are really, really long gone. (laughs) So they do it for you. I mean, there's great aspects to this digitized world. I'll tell you. There is. I take advantage of it. Well, thank you for that little tidbit. I'm definitely going to take heed. And uh, it's a good way to keep track of your progress. Exactly. I like it. Mm-hmm. All right, Miss Megan, Megan Joy, we're just going to jump into what we're here for now. Um, that was a great introduction. I just love the vibe. So let's get into it. All right. All right. Who is Megan Joy? This is such a layered question. Where do I where do I begin? <laughs> you know we like to get deep here we just you know that small talk was actually beautiful because chat books and just really your process and then we just go hard we do I like it I'm I'm here for it (laughs) awesome for it I uh you know I feel like there's so many parts of me that have always been growing and transforming and there are so many pieces of us and I've often told people, no, feel like I'm the same person, right? Like the person that they see on social media is the same person that they see in real life. And in the same breath, I I feel like there's so many pieces of everybody, right? So there's there's who I am when I'm with my children. I'm in total mom mode. There's who I am when I'm training my oil team, um, my essential oil team. There's the pieces of me when I'm 
doing a dance party with my kids in the kitchen. You know, there's mm. all these layers and beautiful pieces of each of us. And I just, in all of those areas, I just want to continually be growing in my entrepreneurship, in my motherhood, in my wifehood, in just following passions and pursuits in life. So I feel like that was so open-ended, but you'll get lots more pieces as we keep talking. (laughs) Oh yeah. And honestly, that's a beautiful answer. Your answers are your own. They're tailor-made. They're your truth. That is another part of why this is mixed theory. You know, Mm -hmm. in summary, it's a theory, all of our theories. And some are going to be intersectional and then others are just left to the person that we are. Yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. That was beautiful. Now, how do you identify? I feel so much as a wife and mom. Since I was a little girl, it was always my dream to get married and have children. And I just feel like I'm living the dream every day because my dreams are my reality. And so I feel like that's some of the biggest pieces of me Mm -hmm. Uh, and in my Christianity, in my faith and following God and everything that I do. That's the biggest core that encompasses everything that I do. So as a Christian and a wife and a mother. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Nice. That's the biggest pieces of your identity. And a lot of that, especially when you become a mother, I counsel women. I totally try to get into the piece where, you know, once you become a mom, especially the women I work with who are first time mothers, there's a piece of you in there still that you got to fight for and you got to hold on to and never lose her. Also, you're steadily going to be evolving in this different path that you chose or life, you know, took on for you. And it's definitely a huge piece of our identity alongside with other things. If you're a wife or a committed partner, or even if you're a single mother, Um, all of what you said makes sense. And definitely having a practice, a spiritual practice of some sort really helps tie those Mm -hmm. loose ends together and really mesh and mold everything into Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is it's so ever evolving, especially as women, when you become mothers, it's it's a whole new world. It's a whole new ball game. And mm. sometimes I think <laughs> this is a weird thing, but sometimes I think, oh, my goodness, I'm a mom to six children. I feel like I'm still like not like a teenager, but somewhat, I'm still learning so much. How do I have ownership over these huge uh-huh. lives? You know, yes. that's part of the journey, right? It's definitely a part of the journey. And we're here to keep it all real. That's why I tell my nieces and nephews, but especially nieces, because we know that and no disrespect to our men, we know that you put in the work and yeah. your journey and your load is equally hard in its own right. You know, whether they're breadwinners or they are the ones who stay home or they're cooking or just, you know, child rearing like we are. Mm-hmm. It, it, it all plays a role and it all is taxing at times. But I tell these young people, I'm like, listen, don't fantasize mm-hmm. and romanticize parenthood, you know. There's so much responsibility that comes with it. And you definitely have to be ready. I always let my young people know, like who I come in contact, family or not, if it's a discussion or it's an interest. I'm like, hey, live your life before, Mm -hmm. because once you become that, uh, you you can't take it back. And it's a beautiful thing. It's it's very different. 
Yes, it's very different. And I like what you said about you still feel that piece of you, whether it's a teenager like feeling or this playful spirit that is still within you. Yeah, that's important. I totally agree. I really admire child likeness. You know, we don't want to be childish, right? Childlike, <laughs> you know, where you have yeah. that that joy and that zest for life. As sometimes I'll, I'll watch my toddler or something get really, really excited about something, you know, and they're jumping up and down and screaming. And we don't do that as adults. We're very, you know, mundane. And that's fine because it's different personalities. And that that's fine. But I always think, what if I reacted like my kids do to things in life? What if I what if I actually exhibited that type of joy and that amount of joy? That would just be I probably mm-hmm. look crazy, but I'd probably be really just exuberant about things. I, I don't know. Maybe I'll work on that. Maybe I'll just start freaking out whenever something <laughs> really good happens. <laughs> Exactly. And it's it's actually contagious. People might be shocked at first, but at the end of the day, you know, that's what growing up does to us. We lose that magic at some point. To that, I was going to say also, uh, our kids do keep us young. They keep us younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a beautiful thing all in all, for sure. It is. is. Mm -hmm. Now, how would you describe your childhood? I loved my childhood. I'm, I'm definitely a half or a glass half full person. So I, I'm the one who remembers all the really precious, wonderful, sweet memories of childhood. I loved my childhood. My parents were so engaged. Uh, there's four of us siblings and my dad was a pastor. And so between birth and fourth grade, we lived in the parsonage. So we lived in the house that was right by the church. So it was, mm. which was most of our life and our church family. I just have such sweet memories of that. And um, then we moved to the cities closer to where the cities are here in Minnesota. And he was a pastor my whole childhood. And so we were very involved with the church all the time. And I just have like such really good memories of laughing with my siblings and we went camping and my parents just always, you know, sitting down with me and talking me through things and helping equip me and train me and, you know, just guide me as I was going through a lot of things. And so it was... I really I when I when I think of my childhood I'm I'm very grateful. That's beautiful. Yeah, I love it. I I always think, "Ooh, I really hope all my kids have a great perspective of their childhood." And I have one child who she is incredible. She is so amazing and she also remembers all of the negative things. So She'd be like, yeah, well, rem- remember when daddy did this, da 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 And I'm like, How- I don't even remember that. Why are you remembering that? Why don't you remember the good thing that happened right after that? So whenever I'm talking to my husband, I was like, we got to be really careful with her because this one remembers the bad stuff. So- oh, my goodness. And that's good yeah. that you take note of that. Yeah. Because as individuals, you just, you don't know who your kids are going to turn out to be, honestly. Right. I mean, right. they are who they came to be, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, And it's their path. And for whatever it is, their journey is carved out. And we can do Mm -hmm. our best as parents by just guiding and being intentional. Yeah. And I have to remind myself of that, too, because at the end of the day, you know, there are moments, too, where my four year old is like, you were just mean to me or you said this. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's going to be traumatized. (laughs) (laughs) 
You're like, I did it out of love. It was because I love you. Exactly. Then I'm trying to understand, like make her understand too. But, you know, you did this, which wasn't exactly nice. So I had to do this. And Mm -hmm. she was like, "Mm -mm, but you did that. And that was not, that was rude. I'm like, (laughs) okay. Yep. That's yep. when I go to prayer. Like, guess what, God? Just please take the wheel. I know. I'm trying my best here. That's that's my four year old. He'll he'll do something totally wrong, and I'll say, "You can't do that. That's not okay." And he's like, "That's mean, mom." And I'm yes. like, "No, I'm mom. So <laughs> I'm not being mean. I'm just being a mom, telling you that you can't do that." Yes, I'm being honest. That's yes. what I'm doing here. I'm trying to raise a decent human. Right. Don't hit your sister. That's just something I'm trying to teach you. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So it's left up to interpretation just mm-hmm. as any adult as well. You know what I mean? We could be yeah. looking at the same thing and internalize it 20 different ways. Yeah. Yep. For so, sure. Hey, like I know that you're trying your best. And having supportive parents like that really helps kickstart your own journey into oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. It gives you a good groundwork and foundation to step into parenthood. Definitely. And I would say too, not only that, like there are some of us who didn't have such great upbringing, but can Mm -hmm. still be incredible parents. It's all about how you foster your experiences and choose to carry them into your future. Oh, yeah. I mean, my husband, he grew up without his dad. And I remember when we were having, I think I was pregnant with my first. And I remember him telling me, Megan, I never had a dad, so I don't know how to be a dad. And I was like, you are going to flawlessly step into it. And in our faith, I was like, God is going to lead you. He's going to equip you. You are going, and he is, he's such an amazing dad. He's such a, he's such a blessing to our children. And so, and he did that without any example of what fatherhood looks like. He effortlessly stepped into it. So I I agree with that. That's amazing. And I mean, six times over, you both are doing something right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you both decided to keep it going so yes, yes <laughs> that's did. amazing definitely I mean, kind of dragging him along but yes <laughs> hey, hey you did well like because I I look at family like yours my mom had six kids as well and adopted one so we came up pretty big you yeah. know Lack of better words. And I'm always like, I want that. I constantly think about having more, but I am that woman who is definitely a perfectionist with a fault. So I'm like overthinking, "Ah, should I, right now is not the right time. Mm -hmm. Uh, What does that look like? Am I going to, you know, and then I look back now that she's four, like I should have just went all in when she was like a year old and just got that second one out the way and see where life brought us after that. But now I still have hopes and dreams. And there's people like you who I'm like, yes, I can do it. One day. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's not for everyone. I just always tell my husband because he wanted two or three kids when we got married, and I wanted to never stop having kids. So <laughs> this is where we find ourselves. But I always say to him, no one ever looks back after twenty years has gone by, and they look back and think, "Darn it, we should not have had that last kid." They everyone says, "I wish we would have just had one more." 
You know, they always wish they would have gone for it. And that's what I hear over and over again from, from conversations from people. And then I always also talk to people who came from big families. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I've met one person who did not enjoy that in childhood and then in adulthood, you know, so... Again, it, I mean, we all have different passions and dreams and goals for our life. So it's not one way or the other is best. But I do use those, you know, two scenarios to state my case to my husband of why we should have more. So. <laughs> you sure you're, you don't have Esquire behind your, your somewhere <laughs> back there? <laughs> Practicing law, staying cases. Right, right. <laughs> that is actually a great, great perspective. That's a great case to bring forth. You're right. Like when you look at it from that point of view, I I can, I would agree. Yeah. You can talk yourself into it. Exactly. (laughs) Like, let's just do it. And I've kind of like, talked myself into it and once he hears this he's not going to be very happy but (laughs) (laughs) we talk about it all the time and he's like oh you missed your window we should have done it and I'm like nah you know I still have plans so you need to be ready you're just gonna have to deal because that's where I'm at you know I'll just say that without saying too much yep there you go there you go Great. That's right. <laughs> so tell me about your family. Yeah. So we are, we're a family of eight yeah, as of now. My husband is a assistant principal at a private Christian school. And we have our six children. We've been married 12-ish years, something around there. I'm not good with dates. That's okay. Um, <laughs> and uh, I've homeschooled for eight years. Mm. But, and I had retired my husband from his career in education and we, he came home for two years and he did a lot with his real estate business. We hopped on an RV for two months and went around the country and uh, we came back and he went back into education. He just, he missed that field and all of our children, this at the beginning of this year, went to school Uh, where he goes. So where he works. So it's been a huge transition for us, uh, but really good. And I had to hang my cap of homeschooling mom title there, which was, you know, that was part of my identity. And I remember saying to my husband, I don't know how to say goodbye to homeschooling. That's part of my identity. And he was, he said, yeah, but it's not about your identity. It's about the kids. And I was like, oh yeah, it's their education. (laughs) And so that was good perspective for me to see and they are thriving there and um, because it was such a new thing for us and the kids had been home for eight years and I had been with them 24-7 it was just this huge thing we said we would give it the first semester and then see you know what would be best for each child and uh, so that just happened so I actually have uh, two of them came home with the baby who's always home with me so now I have three of them at home and three at school and it's wonderful we just we're really flexible with our life and changes and different seasons and what's best for each child. And that's, that's kind of where we are at right now. That's amazing. So you, uh, so many questions. (laughs) (laughs) You homeschool, we actually steadily go back and forth about if that's something we want to do, she's up to enroll in school here come September. And I'm like freaked out, but I'm also that parent who wants their child to thrive. And I know we put her in 
preschool before COVID shut it down. She was just there shy of three months. We didn't do the daycare thing. We weren't mm-hmm. that trusting of others. And being that she was my first child, I just wanted that time and that experience with her. Yeah, And I was able to do it with the help of uh, family. Now here we are faced with that big challenge that you were yeah. just faced with. You know, do we? What, what does that look like? But you've actually homeschooled. So tell me about that. Yeah. It's uh, something I always wanted to do, but my husband's always worked in education. So at the beginning, when we first had kids, we were just on opposite ends of the reality of that. And I was homeschooled myself for four and a half years in middle school, during the middle school years. Mm. And uh, so I I don't know. I've just always known that I wanted to do that. And again, my husband has been in, in education. And so that <laughs> It's just like a strange combination there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a pretty different viewpoint on the educational system. And so that also plays a part into things. But at the root of it, I really just wanted to spend time with my kids. And even now, sometimes it's hard. You know, they leave at 7.15 in the morning. And, you know, in the mornings, it's really rush, rush, rush. And for eight years, we had really slow mornings. And it was just peaceful and calm. And we just like got into things when we got into them. So it's been quite the transition. Even right now, I feel like I don't see them a whole lot. I miss seeing them. I miss being with them, but but making the most of my time while they are at school and getting work done and doing all the other things I can do. But I, I really cherished our time together with homeschooling. I think that it can be a little scary for people to think of uh, because they don't feel equipped for it. They don't feel like they have you know, their own educational background to do it. Uh, depending on the state you're in, you don't have to have any sort of, you know, certain degree to be able to homeschool or anything like that. And there's so many really amazing curriculums out there. There's uh, mm. affordable ones, there's spendier ones, there's free ones. And so, and there's a very supportive homeschool community, you know, virtually, and then co-ops in person, depending on where you live. So I just feel like there's a whole lot. Mm. That, mm-hmm. There's that support and there's that community within the homeschool realm. So I, I really, I really, really enjoyed those years and I'm, I'm back at it now. So we're, we're back to homeschooling again. So I had a, like a four month hiatus and now we're back at it. So it's, uh, it's, it's a blessing to have them home with me. And that's just because that's how I operate. That's my personality. That's within my constructs of what is my capacity to handle. And so I know it's not for everybody and that is okay, but it works. It works well for us. Amazing. So what I hear you saying is just make sure that something you want to get into. It's definitely something that has to work for you and your family. And it should be something that is a part of who you are. Yeah. And and to be okay with trying it. And if it, if it doesn't work, that that's okay. That it doesn't have to be a forever thing. That it's okay if it doesn't work. It's okay if it does work. Because it's whatever is best for each family. It's because it's different for everybody. You know, I think you, you see something or you read something or you're watching somebody else's life and you think, okay, well, this is how I'm going to be good at this. And if I'm not good at this, then I'm a failure. And it, it's not that at all because we all have such unique giftings. There are so many things that other people do that I 
cannot do, that I would not be good at, that it would not be within my capacity of handling. And so I think just being really confident in in the giftings that you have and running with that is the ideal situation for each family in person. I love that answer. And that was one thing too, looking at should I or should I not? I definitely got into my personal capacity, as you just stated. And I worked in education for almost 10 years. And I worked my way out of the classroom to administrative, uh, the administrative office. So that comes into play when I think about homeschooling my daughter. I'm like, okay, where did I really see myself when I actually worked in education? I loved working with kids, but I wanted to work with them in a different way. Like I thrived at putting together volunteer opportunities where we did food drives or, you know, helped raise money for African women in Kenya so mm-hmm. they can support and feed their family, help build schools for kids in Guatemala, you know, so I thrived in that area and that comes into play. So to the audience, be aware of where you're at with everything if you want to do it. And there was one thing on your feed too, is a book that you shared for anybody who's looking to get into homeschooling. Can you give the title? Uh, Was it the Wild and Free book? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 there's so many good homeschool books. So I was thinking, oh, which one? Yeah, are you yeah. And I just see, look, I'm just assuming because you put it on your timeline. But if there's another one. Oh, free. I mean, there's there's just so much good stuff. But I would definitely recommend the Wild and Free book because she goes over so many different ways of homeschooling that just give you kind of the permission and the freedom to find what works for your family. So as you kind of read through it, it really is to help you be wild and free within your homeschooling. And and so when I had my sixth baby, I literally lay in my bed for two weeks and just enjoy my new baby. And my husband and my family, they all help with the other kids and meals and clean up because I really, really take that rest time important. And so during that season, when I had her, when I had a newborn, we did unschooling and that worked perfect for us for that season. Unschooling is, I mean, it's it's kind of what it sounds like, but it's also not. Kind of breaking the constructs of what homeschooling needs to look like or what people say it needs to look like or having it mirror traditional education when it does not have to be that way. So that book, it really is what it says. It gives you the freedom to make that choice for your family. Awesome. Thank you for that breakdown and that uh, synopsis of that. Yeah. So I'll definitely leave it in the show notes for anyone who's interested. Now we're just going to roll into it. How did you and your husband meet? Oh, by the grace of God, no. (laughs) I I didn't go to college. I went to uh, cosmetology school. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of men in cosmetology school. So I was thinking, (laughs) how am I going to meet my husband? Because most everybody that I knew met their husbands in college. You know, obviously that's not the only way. But in my little 20-year-old mind, I was thinking, this is how I'm going to meet my future husband. And uh, so we met, actually, he played basketball with my brother in college. And we were, I think he 
heard my ringtone. I was with my dad after a game and he heard my ringtone. I think it was Run It by Chris Brown or something or <laughs> I don't remember what it was. It was some jam of the time. <laughs> right. And uh, it was his same ringtone. So he noticed it and he saw me and I was dancing around and being goofy with my dad. And he asked his teammate, who's that? And they were like, no, Seaborn, that's Kyle's sister. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's really how we met. There's, there's a bunch of other funny stories after that, but we we got connected first just through through that uh, that connection. We actually once we started officially dating, he proposed after four months, and then we had an eight month engagement. So from the the time we actually started dating to the day we got married was one year, and I had just turned twenty one. He was twenty three, and we were we were in love, and we were getting married no matter what anybody said about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That is so awesome. And here you are 12 years later. Yeah. yeah. So it worked out. It worked out. <laughs> we 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 proved the haters wrong. I mean, there, there, was no, there was no outward haters, but I do feel like in people's minds, they were like, eh, how are yeah. they going to last? In that scenario, that's pretty, pretty typical. Right. That's the thought. Like, you guys are young. Don't do this. You just yeah. met. Like, come on now. Don't. Right. And <laughs> a piece of why you're here, too. You're in an interracial marriage. Right. Right. Now, we're just going to jump into that piece. Did yeah. you think that played a role in some doubts in people's minds as well? I think... Maybe in some people's minds, our both sides of our family were were really supportive. They that wasn't really a factor for them. If there were hesitations, it was more based around knowing each other for such a short time. Um, but we had a really a really supportive family, and so I think Seaborn always told me that I don't know if it's his friends or his family, but they said. Yeah, we assumed you'd marry a white girl. And so <laughs> I don't I don't know. Maybe they were already prepped for that or or what. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> so there was some, yes, some I always say preconceived notions there. Right. Right. <laughs> and that could help, you know, if someone's already labeled you or they think they know what your moves are and right. then it happens, then they're like, okay, whatever. Right. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Now, have you had some challenges past or present, especially with everything that's going on right now, being that you are the mother of multiracial children and married to, I didn't ask, but I know a black man. Yeah. yeah. And so challenges, are there any? I think a lot of it has been in me growing in the understanding of what he's always lived with his whole life and him having a lot of grace and patience to teach me to understand. And it wasn't really, we weren't, you know, concerned with I'm white and he's black and how's the world going to see us that we were in love and we were just living life and enjoying it. But then there would be these pieces and these circumstances that, we would be like, oh, whoa. And so I remember it was maybe our second or third anniversary and we were out to dinner and it was so cold and I was linking arms. I had my arms interlocked with his arms and we were walking and I was shivering and just trying to stay warm next to him as we were walking to the restaurant. And I remember this lady stopped in her car as we were walking on the sidewalk and she's like, honey, are you okay? And I was Mm -hmm. like, "Uh, yeah. 
and like had no idea what she was talking about. And she's like, are you sure you're okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just going to dinner with my husband. And she's like, oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. I just wanted to see. And I I was like, what was that, Seaborn? And he's like, Meg, (laughs) you know, that was so early on and... I, I couldn't even believe it. I, it was, you know, and, and then, you know, with the kids, uh, I remember I was shopping with my daughters, uh, thrift shopping with them when they were a little bit younger, maybe five or six. And this, this little girl came up to one of my daughters and she was looking back and forth at me and my daughter and then me and my daughter. And she looked at my daughter. She said, is this your mom? My daughter said, yeah. And she said, why don't you guys look the same? And I gave my daughter an opportunity. I said, go ahead. You can tell her why. And she explained to her, she said, well, my daddy's black and my mommy is white. And so my skin looks like this and my hair looks like this. And she did so well just teaching that little girl. And so, you know, maybe that's not even a challenge. It's just a part of our life that we get acclimated to. Uh, So there's been, you know, some more negative situations, but then some really fruitful situations that we can learn from. So, right. And being that you're the half full one, that it's appropriate to sum it up that way. (laughs) Yes. yes. I do think that I tend to, after those things, okay, how can we learn from this? How can we grow from this? And, you know, my husband will maybe, because he's dealt with a lot of things, you know, his whole life that he has to work really hard to not harbor bitterness, but, you know, how can we how can we move forward? How can we make a difference? How can we show light to people? How can we show love to people? And so again, yeah, that's my glass half full rose-colored glasses viewpoint on, you know, what can we do to make this change and to make this brighter and better? And that's honestly a good way to look. Here we talk a lot about how do we move forward? Mm-hmm. Because the world needs a lot of that. We need a lot of grace, yeah. especially in today's day and age and everything that we're seeing and everything that we're exposed to. I think it's very important to keep that kindness at heart. Mm-hmm. Even when it's uber hard, it gets really hard. Right. <laughs> and it's, you know, and that just you come out the better person uh, once you can remove that anger and let go. And just like you said, how are we growing from this? What do I mm-hmm. know now? You know, what um, have I put in my tool belt, you know, right. as right. again, key emphasis on tool, because we can harbor that pain and that anger and just become these bitter people, which right. with black and especially darker skin, darker complected people, their plight is much harder. And, you know, that statement in itself is easier said than done, but it's attainable and it's really, really helpful. Oh yeah. Um, I would say that bitterness only harms the person who's bitter. Yes. It's not, it's not fruitful in, or affects the other person they're bitter at. You know, it, it just eats away at the person who's bitter. And you give away your power. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, how do you feel like you support your husband with everything that he goes through uh, or has been through? And especially with the uprisings of this summer and things that are still going on and right now. Yeah. And your children, excuse me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. With my husband, it's been a lot of uh, kind of breaking the constructs of what we hear and see on social media and the news and more me 
quieting and instead of talking first and saying, well, this is what I think about this, this, and this, I'll bring something to him and say, what do you think about this? And so I can get his insight from his perspective and his life experiences Mm -hmm. because I don't live those, you know, I can live them as a white woman married to a black man, but I don't live them as a black woman. So I, I don't have that, that experience to Mm -hmm. be able to draw from. And so in an empathetic way I want to learn so that I can see so that I can just have a deeper understanding of that so I really try to not form my opinions on things until I can which is which is just such a blessing that I that I can talk to him about those things and just being open I am receptive of what he has to say because it is his life experience and so um basically trying to shut up more and trying to listen more uh, and to learn. And then with my children, uh, it's us just having open and honest conversations about that all together as a family, being realistic of what the world was, how the world is, how the world will see them and view them. And, you know, for us that their identity is rooted in Jesus because that's what we believe. And so again, you know, bringing it back to what we talked about at the beginning is that there's, there's all these parts of us that make all us up. And so we try not to elicit that their entire being is just this one thing that there's so many beautiful parts that make them up. And so the reality is, this is how the world's going to see you. This is like what we're going to have to process through. And these are some of the things that might come up, but we want to walk everything out in love and grace and um, kindness and, you know, having that really good balance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like that. How do you approach their identity with them? I know that you said that it's rooted in Jesus, it's rooted in your faith, and you do all the great things which add to building a phenomenal character, kindness, compassion, all the things. Mm-hmm. And then there's that other piece of what society is going to view them as. Mm-hmm. Do you, so to get more specific, do you coach them on identifying as a certain race or do you leave that up and open to their interpretation of how they describe themselves? Yeah, we just, I don't think I ever really want to label them or or put something. I, I mean, totally fine if if other people kind of approach that differently. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, I was just sharing with someone the other day. Our kids don't call their nana their black grandma. They don't call my mom their white grandma. You know, it's nana and Buma, and though that's their family and. We don't really label those types of things within our family. Mm-hmm. And we kind of leave that up, leave that up to them as they grow. And, you know, it's interesting when they're coloring what what tone of crayon they use for their skin tone and how they view themselves and how they view everyone in the family. It's, it's neat to see that through a child's eyes, too. And yeah. I think that it's really neat because our most of our life is very diverse. You know, our family is very diverse. Our state is pretty diverse too, or at least where we do a lot of things is very diverse. Our church family is very diverse. Their school is very diverse. So their entire life is filled with many different cultures and who they're surrounded with, their friends, their family, everything is, isn't dictated on so much of their skin tone as much as who they are, who they are as people, who they connect with. And so it's just 
a very natural overflow of our life and neat to see that it's just neat to see it through a kid's eyes of uh, just being really united with so many different people. And my oldest daughter is so excited. She She's more excited about the parts of her that are from different countries. So she's, she's like, I have Liberian blood in me. I have German blood in me. I have Swedish blood in me. She, that, the, the cultural aspect of it is what gets her so excited. And she wants to visit all these places and see where her ancestors were from. And so she gets really excited just that part of culture and ethnicity of where everybody came from. Like that really excites her. That's amazing. And great answer, by the way. Like we stated in the beginning, this is your truth. And so thank you for being honest and just raw in your answers to such tough questions, honestly. Um, Again, I have to thank you for your openness of even being here. And because it is tough, it's kind of (laughs) scary in today's age, um, really bearing it all, especially when it comes to race and your home your household, how you do things. And I mean, obviously you have practice with being so open on social media and all the things that you have your hands in as a mompreneur. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I just really want to pay homage while we're here and just say, you know, I see you and I thank you. Thank you. That means a lot because I, I do feel I've been more quiet about this specific topic just because there are so many tensions surrounding it and you know, while I am very okay with other opinions and I'm also open to learning and growing in a lot of areas that a lot of the world right now is not so okay with different opinions. So I don't open myself up too much anymore in those areas just because tensions tend to be high and not everyone knows your heart, you know? And so... I, I tend to protect that a little bit more. And and also it, out of respect for my husband, who's has asked me, let's let's not bring that all up right now because things are things are tense, you know, in that area. So Right. And you did a great job. So like I said, I definitely want to acknowledge that it is hard to answer these questions. And that's why I kind of geared you up beforehand, like, hey, I'm ready (laughs) to talk about these things. And I'm like, definitely open if you're not in this platform, you know, not prides itself at all, but uh, is a platform where we hold tough discussions, but it's in an effort to promote Mm -hmm. healing and uh, understanding of different people in their lives and their individualism and cultures that we're ingrained in so that we have a better understanding of our neighbors. Yeah. And more compassion and to learn in some aspects we're more alike than we are different. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. No, I love it. And I think you do a really good job of creating a space for that too, of everyone being welcome and sharing that, sharing their heart on those things and, and having a mutual, you know, that mutual compassion for one another. I think that's another thing that my husband has really, really shared with me is, is empathy because Mm. we don't often place ourselves in other people's positions. We just, you know, make a judgment call on things and move about our day instead of, thinking, well, mm-hmm. it's always what, what I would have done. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, so that's, that's just been a big piece of it. You know, tying into what you said is being able to place yourself in somebody else's situation in their truly 
because for me, I'm not naturally an empath. You know, I, it's not a character trait that I naturally possess. And so I have to put some effort into, yeah, I can absolutely have sympathy, right? And sympathy oh, is yeah, wonderful. Definitely. wonderful, but there's that extra depth of having empathy for someone and uh, really putting yourself in that place with them and, and understanding. And so having, you know, whether it's an uncomfortable conversation or a growing conversation or whatever it might be uh, to, to really start exercising that empathy. Wow. I would have thought that you were not an empath. <laughs> <laughs> so that's interesting to know, but um, it's not a bad thing. Actually, that could be a really good thing. Um, but that's also really good that you want to use that yeah. to other people's advantage. Basically, you're doing it because you want to know and you want to feel what they feel. So you're less judgmental is what I hear you saying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely don't go around telling people I'm not an empath because no, right. like, don't yeah. tell me your shit because uh, <laughs> I'm not going to feel it. <laughs> oh, man. No, I think people can gather that even if you don't have that characteristic ingrained within, right. you definitely have a level of outstanding uh, compassion and character that just shines through. So no worries there. <laughs> now, <laughs> is there anything that you wished you had back when or now um, in regards to support when it comes to raising your multicultural children? I mean, is there a way I could just have like a boatload of wisdom put into me from <laughs> wisdom. Wisdom is what I would have loved, but oh man, that would have been amazing. But that also isn't realistic because our experiences is what gives us wisdom. So <laughs> I, I do feel like I just had this conversation the other day and, uh, about how as a white woman, I needed to learn how my skin and hair texture was so different from that of my children and needed different care than my own. And yes, I learned about that over time. And yes, I practiced that more and more, especially with their hair. I practiced so much more, but uh, really just the difference in maintaining and caring for skin and hair, uh, that's completely different than my own. And so I, again, I did learn that slowly over time, different tips and tricks and use this yeah. and my husband being like, Hey, there's something that happens to us. That's called acuness. And you might not know what that is, but we need to lotion up these children more, you know? So I was like, Oh, okay. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, 12 years in, I'm like, yeah, of course. But Back then, I, I, it sounds silly. It sounds so no. ignorant, but that it is a reality. And so, <laughs> no, again, thank you for being raw and honest. And <laughs> I think that, and that's where it's at. It's in the what we think is simple anyway. Right. It's those things that go missed or unnoticed, but you don't know what you don't know. Right. right. So at you know, so at the end of the day, you're honest, like that was something I had to learn. I didn't know. I didn't think about that. Yeah. I, I remember when I was a little girl and I was doing one of my friend's hair and I was playing with her hair and she was black and we were all doing, we were having like a big sleepover, like five of us. And we were all doing each other's hair. But I remember after I did her hair, my hands were full of oil. And I was like, what is this? We didn't talk about it because, you know, my hair gets super greasy on its own. I didn't know 
that my children's hair would be very naturally dry and yep. that I would need to put oil in it and that I would need to moisten it. So now I think back to my childhood, I was like, oh, now, now I get it. You know? <laughs> like we're intentional about this grease that's yes. in here. Like uh, back yes. in the day, we used to call it grease. Uh, but yes, that has to go on the scalp. Need right. it. Dry. Right. Yep. You can you do know, it. it Man, I'm just bearing it all for you now. Like, I'm telling you these crazy stories of my whiteness. No, that's okay. And that's why, you know, through email we talked about, like, people need to hear these stories because there are going to be women who mirror you who want to know this part. Yeah. Or maybe they, you know, they're in the process of it. They're going to feel you all day. Uh, There's going to be women who aren't white who are like, yes, like, thanks for, you know, letting the people know. There are going to be other girls who are in interracial marriages or relationships on their way to have a baby or know that their baby is going to be multicultural and mm-hmm. want this information. So, hey, these aren't weird stories. This is pertinent information. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I, I And I love that. And so it's like, man, if there was a class that I could have taken, here is how this... <laughs> I mean, that would have been dandy. I would have just known right off the bat... This mm-hmm. is, you know, we had international students live with us for a year. We mm-hmm. had three teenage boys live with us and we were supposed to go to a class to teach us about the different cultures so that we would have an understanding because one was from Spain and two were from China. And I remember so we missed it. We didn't go to this class. And all throughout the year, our Spain student would say, uh, pick me up at four. And I'd be like, dude, say, please. It's oh, so rude when you don't. I didn't say this to him. I would say it to my husband. Okay, I wasn't actually mean to him, but I would say it to my yeah, husband. I yeah, I would say, why doesn't he say please? Why isn't he asking nicely? Yeah, and <laughs> he was amazing. We loved him so much. Uh, but I was, I was like, man, he's kind of rude sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. And come to find out a year later that what we were going to learn in that class is that in Spain they don't use please like we do the language don't transfer like that to where so he just thought he was asking me a simple question and I thought it was coming off rude because I didn't understand his culture Mm. and I should have gone to that class so I could have had some insight you know so I could have learned so there could be you know a class there probably is some class or course how to take care of mixed children's hair and skin or you know there is yes And um, I was actually getting into coaching with parents of multicultural people or people, children and multicultural people in general. So there's a ton. I say I was going to because I, again, counsel women postpartum and prenatal right now. So there's too much on my plate. I do that for an organization. There's definitely stuff out there. So this is, again, great information that you're saying as far as you wish, because now people who listen to this will know that there is. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And it's all for help. Yes. Yes. And it's, it's all helpful. It's all just to help spread love, light, be cheerleaders for those who need support. I myself have a coach right now yeah. and love her to death. Like she's helped me overcome obstacles, barriers, my ball rolling. So I'm a fan of that. I'm glad that you brought it up. And I love the work that I do, too, because it takes a community. It does. Period. It does. Period. Just to be able to share our experiences and our 
our tips and what worked for us and just guidance in that area. I There's something so valuable about that and just having that community of those people you can trust that are going to be there to support. And even on Instagram, I'll have people, I know you don't know me, but can you offer any advice with this? And I'm always a resounding yes. I'm going to send you a voice message. I'm going to get it all out. Yes. I want to help as many people as I can in, you know, in all areas that I have some sort of knowledge in, you know. Mm-hmm. Isn't it a beautiful thing? It is. It, it is. is. Yes. And then it, it's, you know, a domino effect. And then they learn also like, wow, this person was gracious enough to do this. Like yeah. maybe I can be more um, forthright in my effort to help others. Yes. Uh, now this is information I can share or, you know what, I know how to do this thing very well. So maybe I can go ahead and share more of that because it's helpful. So yes, that's why I said you guys got to check her out. Her Instagram will get all of that. Uh, here in a moment because you're well of information that's really <laughs> helpful <laughs> really helpful in a lot of different ways and you guys will not only find that out here but like I said once you go and find her handle on IG you'll know what I'm talking about <laughs> now <laughs> let me ask how would you inspire an interracial couple who is embarking on their journey into parenthood I would say to be very honest with one another and to talk about things so that you're on the same page and to be very receptive to one another. I think there's a huge amount of humbleness that comes with being able to take in information or insight from somebody else. And especially if it's differing from your current opinion about something, to be able to take that and not just you know, close the door on it right away, but to question it and explore it more and let it, you know, shift your own way of thinking. And so, you know, really exercising humbleness and being receptive to just information moving, you know, moving forward for you and your family. Uh, For us, so much prayer and um, really staying grounded in our faith. And man, I I even remember it was a few weeks ago and there's just so much going on in the world. And my husband just came to me in the kitchen after, you know, crazy day. And he just hugged me and held me. And he's like, we need to stick together no matter what. And, you know, even when the world is putting these walls up between black and white and it feels divisive, we want to stay united in our home and we want to spread that that unity everywhere we go. And so I just think that, that those, those pieces of it. So, you know, being unified, talking about things, humbling yourself. And then, you know, as you're walking into that parenthood portion is is really being on that same page of how you want to raise your children, what you want to teach them and just how you're going to pour into their lives and guide them in their life. And knowing that you guys are a united front within that because it it's such a beautiful journey and you'll most likely run into some bumps and bruises in the specific area of having a multi-ethnic family. But there's so, so much wonderful things that come out of it too. That is a phenomenal answer. Thank mm-hmm. you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. There's uh, a lot of inspiration in that. And I think you did a great job of inspiring those who are in situations like your own. So thank you. Thank you. I sure hope it is. I always want to be an encouragement to others. There you go. You Rest assured, there's no doubt about that. Now, 
<laughs> bonus question. Yes. Before we go, tell me, how does Megan Joy heal? Uh, truly through my Bible and prayer and worship uh, has been the only way I have experienced healing in my life. And it's been miraculous healing. I have healed from anxiety. I have oh, healed from so many hurts and pains and I, you know, that's my, that's my source of life is, is God. And so for me, that is the well I go to all the time. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. I'm here for it. I love this share. And once again, I want to thank you for stepping on. And please, before we go, tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. On Instagram, I am at Megan Joy Today. It's Megan with an H, M-E-G-H-A-N, Megan Joy Today. And I uh, have my uh, website, which is www.meganjoyyancy.com. And that's kind of my hub for my blog and my marketplace where I sell things and uh, my oil community gets connected there. And uh, it, there's just a ton of stuff there on the website. So those are the, the two the two places I'm mostly at. And I, I love connecting with people. It, I'm just giddy that I got to be on here with you today and feed into what you're doing. You are an absolute gem. I, I have loved chatting with you. And I think you are a huge gift to everybody who listens and follows you. Thank you so much, Megan. That definitely means a lot to me for sure. Yeah. And all of you listening out there, don't you worry if you didn't catch how to spell Megan or where to find her at. It'll definitely be in the show notes. So until next time, we're out. Hey, hey, everyone. I am going to sound like a broken record here, but I honestly feel so grateful to be able to speak with so many magnificent people who are just shining their bright lights in this world, and especially right within the communities they most frequent. Megan is a complete joy. And Megan, you're listening. Hey, I'm not trying to toy around with your name. I just feel like it needs to be said. So. Megan is a complete joy. Yes, Megan Joy is a complete joy. I have to give her her flowers again, because stepping onto a platform with someone you don't know and to converse about things and the people who are most precious and personal to you isn't always easy for some. And she did it like a true champ. She was very thoughtful in her approach and careful with her answers, especially when talking about her husband and her children with the disrupt around the globe and all that has happened when it comes to the matter of race. And within this past year alone, she still found courage to speak openly and gracefully about her truth and how she is steering her course and supporting her family, all while taking care of herself too. That's important, y'all. So here are some of the things that I'm taking away tonight. 
One, when it comes to interracial relationships, be humble and open to listening. Megan mentioned as of late, she's been taking a backseat with her opinions when asking questions that require her to listen more than to speak, especially conversations with her husband and his experiences living as a Black man. Two, become closer to a higher power. Megan spoke a lot about her faith and how it always ties back to her well-being and is the strongest bond amongst her and her family. Now, this stuck out for me because the more I research personal development and psychology, the more I see others having more success within their lives when they're able to view life outside of just themselves. Three, Diversity. When Megan spoke about her children and their circle of friends and community, she spoke a lot about diversity. I mean, that's what I heard. And I believe it is safe to say that her and her family honor diversity. They appreciate congregating with many people who don't only look like them, but also those who do not look like them. For me, that is important for human race to practice. Of course, you guys know that and or gathered that, I'm sure, by now. <laughs> but we become closer to one another and more relatable to each other when we get to know people who are not like us or homeschooling. Megan spoke a lot about homeschooling, well, because I asked, and it just so happens to be one of her superpowers, which leads me to sum up what I gathered. One, homeschool doesn't have to be a definite. Two, you can try it out. If it's not a good fit, you can always go with another option. I also heard Megan say that it is not for everyone. So, just make sure it's for you. And if you're looking for a thrilling view of homeschooling practices, pick up the book Call of the Wild and Free by Ansley Arment. Now, those are just a few of my takeaways. There are a ton more to dive into. Like always, take what you need, leave what you don't. And I will meet all of you back here next week. And until then, be love, be light, be you. 